It's time to wake up, recover from last night's mess, and get your fix of sports caffeine. It's time to kickstart your day with the latest sports news and opinions. Get ready. Sports Caffeine is live in three, two, one. Hello and welcome back to Sports Caffeine. You can't see me right now because we're having a little bit of technical difficulties, but I am your host, Kaylee. I'm here with Evan and Chip. We got it. Hey. Hey, that was pretty good considering. I was like, I'll just start talking because, you know, for our audio friends, they're going to be like, what's going on? Uh, Yeah, we're here on Tuesday morning. I know. I did not get my full eight hours of sleep, so I'm a little groggy. Obviously, we're uh, we're off to a hot start here. How are you guys doing? <laughs> Good Tuesday, and I never I, I had to run the run the stuff today, which is scary. <laughs> you know, scary for me. I'm, I'm Wi-Fi less, so that's why I'm broadcasting from my cell phone, and I have earbuds in because I have no Wi-Fi in my house right now. Oh, I don't love that for you, but that's no, we're going. Uh, Weefy guys, yeah. getting after you. <laughs> Well, we're you know we're here. We've got it running now. We're we're in, so we're we should be good. <laughs> Let's hop into the World Series in honor of Game Six tonight at eight. But I want to go back to Game Four because I think that's kind of what everyone's been talking about since Saturday. Obviously, that Brett Phillips hit the Arroz Arena run was that the best World Series game in history? Evan, we'll start with you. I don't want to be biased or anything. <laughs> when does that ever stop you? <laughs> I know, right? Because uh, I've 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 seen a lot of baseball in my lifetime, and after that, I, I, I you can't get better than that. That was probably like the best game I've ever seen. It was the craziest, wildest game I've ever seen in my life. It was up there with the Yankees um, wild card game with Oakland when Jeter had that. He flipped it. You remember that one, Chip? Yes. So no that's yeah. So the Ray that Rays game surpasses that one is like the the craziest, wildest World Series game I've ever seen in my life. That was that was nuts. Like Twitter exploded mm-hmm. after that whole that whole sequence. Like was less than like two two minutes long, and then like just Twitter exploded. Like the social media platform just like crapped itself, crapped its <laughs> pants after seeing that whole sequence. It was nuts. Like like that's why I love playoff baseball so much. Is like you. You know, NFL is great when it comes to crazy plays, but when it comes to playoff baseball, when it's like two outs, bottom ninth, you're down by, you know, a run to at least tie it. Like this whole sequence happens where you actually walk it off and win the game because of two misplays by the Dodgers players. Like that was that the probability you should have seen the probability meter in ESPN for the the Dodgers win percentage. It went from 100 percent. It was like the stock market crashed 100 percent, 100 percent. And then. Bam! It dropped. Somebody, somebody created a meme where Randy Rosarina was running, and then when he tumbled, that was when the Dodgers' probability like crashed. Was that when he stumbled and, and <laughs> fell to the ground? That's how nuts it was. I, and then you know, get, going into Game Five is like okay, maybe Game Four was like a momentum swing where the Rays would go into Game Five 
you know, and, and take game five, but no, then Kershaw comes up and deals. And then, you know, it's, it's now, and now it's nail biting time because game six, it's, it's pretty much, you know, you got to win tonight and then you got to win tomorrow night to win the whole series. So it's like nail biting time. Like I won't have any nails. Like Kaylee has no nails. <laughs> Correct. Correct. I don't know if it's, I mean, I think that sequence of plays, I think that, like you said, when you look back and that was two minutes, it was just unbelievable. And I know myself, I was at a Halloween party and the whole party had stopped and everybody was watching the TV. And I mean, it was just like, and it also took a minute to digest that because no one knew really what happened because the camera guy even lost the play (laughs) when, when, when that happened. So we all paused and went, wait a minute, did we, we did. And then everybody kind of caught up. But, yeah, that the sequence of events that took place to have the Rays win, and I kind of think you hit the nail on the head, Al Bushman. I think the emotional drain, like the the high, you go into that game and then you run into Kershaw, the buzzsaw. And, yeah. I mean, it just kind of it, it drains you. So, I, hopefully the Rays are a little bit rejuvenated. Uh, you get some of that rest back, some of the energy restored, and uh, got to come out and win today. Kaylee, yeah. what were your thoughts on that? I know, I know, you really hate Joe Buck a lot, but like his call, <laughs> like his call. The whole, I actually was like, man, I, I kind of like Joe Buck now because of this whole sequence of calling because he was, he was like going nuts too. I, I wanted your, yeah. to get your thoughts on that whole whole thing. Yeah, I mean, I think Joe Buck is great for baseball. Like that's what I'll say about Joe Buck. He's great for baseball, and he's great for those big baseball moments because, like we've talked about, he doesn't add a lot of value to the conversation when it's just like he's just commentating. But like when you have a big play, and the the goal and the job at that moment is to give your reaction and to be a fan in that moment, I really do mm-hmm. think that he that's kind of where he excels. So I do enjoy, you know, I've watched that replay quite a few times so i do enjoy him on that call i'll say i when it comes to football that's a completely different story i don't even want to get into him calling football do you, do you know how many times i watched that sequence over and over like over 680 and over. i just imagine you went to bed with it like running continuously on replay that's what i imagine <laughs> I, I, I did <laughs> And then I woke up in the middle of the night and I had to rewatch it again in the middle of the night. So I kind of was... imagine you like after game five was like crying and watching it over again. And you're like, ah, oh, but game four. I wouldn't. I, yeah, no, I wouldn't. <laughs> well, we're heading into game six tonight. Obviously, the Dodgers are looking for their first franchise win since 1988. The Rays, their first franchise win ever. So are we going to game seven or are the Rays are the Dodgers going to pull it out tonight? What do you think? Chip, I'm going to go with you because I'm not predicting anything right now. <laughs> I mean, well, yeah. And, you know, Evan and I, you know, we're both pretty, um, uh, you know, baseball uh, superstitious is what we call it. So try not to try not to predict too much. I mean, obviously, I want the Rays to win. I kind of – I hope they – and I've never played in a World Series, unfortunately, but I wish I could. Uh, I hope they get the feeling that they can kind of – relax a little bit i know they have to win but really all the pressure is squarely on the dodgers to close it out um the raids have have been just a great story all year they can never be counted out and i just want them to have that same energy and just the same fight uh that they've always had so um give, yeah, me, give, me, two, give me two give me two seconds my wi-fi is back on i'll be i'll be back in the, the show oh look at this guy <laughs> So, uh, like he said, he doesn't want to predict because he's superstitious. But I think the some of the key things the Rays are going to have to do, 
Uh, like I said, play loose. I mean, just just stay within yourselves. I think that they have a, a great opportunity with Blake Snell on the hill tonight. Um, you know, you know that his stuff can work as long as he's getting all of his pitches kind of in the zone. And he's a very streaky pitcher. Once he gets locked in, uh, I think the Rays can uh, hopefully can get a run or two. Um, the fifth inning uh, seems to be Blake Snell's area or region where he, he seems to get into trouble. So um, if you're the Rays, you need to evaluate that as soon as possible. Um, be realistic. We all know that the pens have been a little bit overworked and the Rays sometimes have had to go to their pen early. So um, really it's all arms on deck in the bullpen. Everybody, anybody who's fresh or anybody says they can go, will have to go tonight. Um, and I think that if they can get through that fifth inning, uh, when Blake Snell, if his pitch count's getting higher, um, and get to the pen, hopefully they can position themselves to to have a good shot. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, bias aside, I love a Game 7 in a championship series. So oh, yeah. I'm, rooting, I'm rooting for Game 7 and for the Rays. But let's transition, since Evan's not going to make predictions, let's transition <laughs> over to Monday Night Football and talk about the Rams yeah. beating the Bears 24-10. Obviously, a stat I love to hear over the weekend, I believe I heard it on the athletic football show, but the Rams' four wins prior to last night's game were all against the NFC East, which... Um, it's not, not a great stat for, not a great stat for the Rams and the bears were coming in five and one, you know, they have Nick Foles, but they were looking like a decent defense, a decent team that could come in and maybe pull that upset a little bit. But obviously we saw the Rams defense stepped up. This team has kind of been flying under the radar, but in a tough division, is it possible that they could emerge as playoff contenders this season or no? Is that out of the question with the Seahawks and the Cardinals? Man, I got to say, well, what a great game with the Seahawks and Cardinals, yeah. obviously, uh, Monday, which was unbelievable. But um, I think this division is probably – usually I'm a, I'm a, a homer for the NFC South, <laughs> and I love it. Um, I, I love this. I get to control Evan not coming in or coming in. I, he's waving and dancing right now. Here we go. Let's bring him in. <laughs> hey, buddy. Those bastards. Those bastards tease me. My wife wasn't up yet. God damn it. <laughs> well, we were uh, we were just discussing the um, uh, Monday night football game last night. I was going to give Kaylee my take that uh, the Rams could potentially. Uh, everybody's kind of been sleeping, and most of their victories have been against the. Uh, NFC least uh, teams, so they haven't really seen a lot of good competition. And uh, what I think with the Rams is they can definitely be on the radar. Uh, having Sean McVay and having him get introduced to the league, he kind of came out and he was like the shiny new object. Uh, still one of the youngest head coaches, or I think the youngest head coach in the NFL right now. So um, the NFL kind of figured him out, and I think he kind of respun and redid some things. Uh, they kept a lot of continuity within their team, especially their offense. Uh, and their defense has already been great. So, yeah, I think the Rams could be um, in playoff contention, although, like we said, uh, really tough division. Great game. El Bushman Monday night with Seattle and Arizona with Arizona pulling it out. Yeah, man. I, I watched the game last night, and it, it really showed me that Chicago is really that bad of a team. I mean, now they, they've actually faced somebody that's, that's you know, actually good. Now, the whole Tampa Bay game, when they played the Tampa Bay on Thursday night, that was just an anomaly. But what now, coming into this Monday night game, you know, the Rams have really – they don't really need Todd Gurley. They, they got rid of Todd Gurley for a reason. And their run game is going to be pretty good with Malcolm Brown in the back backfield and everything like that too. But, and their defense is – their defense has really kind of come back to form 
the way you, that it was a couple of years ago when they went to that Super Bowl run because, you know, Aaron Donald's a, a beast. That, that guy is yeah, just yeah. like a terminator. Uh, so what I saw last night was a, a, a Rams team that's really kind of flying underneath the radar because not a lot of people are talking about them because mostly they're focusing on how how in the hell the Bears are 5-1 and one coming into this game. So now I think everybody's going to be like, okay, now we know now we know what the Bears are really like. They're just inept on offense. Their defense looked okay. Their defense was was really okay. They just didn't get any help on the offensive side, and that's what we all knew was true with having Nick Foles under center. So, you know, we, we now we know what the Bears look like actually for real. And now the Rams are just going to keep keep rolling. I think they're going to be a, a playoff contender when it comes to, to reaching the playoff form. Nice, yeah. I mean, I agree. I think obviously they looked, they stepped it up. I was telling Chip Evan before you hopped on the stream. I believe all four of their games that they have won were NFC East games. So um, when you look <laughs> at that, that four and two is not quite as impressive as a four and two team, maybe with a different schedule. But obviously they are the real deal. The question is, is Cam Newton the real deal? Because we saw the Patriots um, look a little lost. I think we opened the season thinking that Belichick had kind of taken the system, taken the equation, applied it to Cam Newton and figured it out. Obviously, they steamrolled the Dolphins. They looked pretty competitive against the Seahawks early. But now they have back-to-back losses against the Broncos and the 49ers. And Cam Newton was benched in the fourth quarter. So what is the future of Cam Newton, the Patriots. What do you do at this point if you're Bill Belichick? You know, he's this is the <laughs> second game where he's had multiple INTs, you know, multiple interceptions. So and he even said yesterday that my job is in jeopardy if I don't play if I don't, if I keep playing like this. And if I was Cam, you need to maybe stop wearing the grandma clothes and, and stop worrying <laughs> about your fashion line and really worry about your job. Because I, I honestly thought having him being in the replacement for Tom Brady would be a good thing because Josh McDaniels can really focus on building an offense around Cam because, you know, he's, he's a runner too. He's a running mobile quarterback. He's got a big arm. And just what I've seen is just loss, like lostness, like I don't, what is going on in that offense? So maybe, maybe Belichick needs to make a change. Maybe they just need to maybe roll with Jared Stidham and, and just have Cam kind of sit on the sidelines and, and see, you know, what a, Maybe maybe they are missing Tom Brady because Tom Brady was a system quarterback and, and Ken Newton is not. Yeah, I think that – I mean, I know that Cam is still – you know, I think the NFL season and we're all – everybody has to deal with COVID, but if you don't practice, you don't get reps. And then you don't – you lose the speed of the game. Now, Cam's a pro. He's been in the NFL for a long time and he understands that. So – I think he's kind of knocking maybe a little bit of that rust off for, for being off of COVID and, and maybe I give him a pass, but um, you know, obviously this is something that, you know, the Patriots are used to winning and Bill Belichick is used to winning. And this is going to be something that they're not going to take laying down. And if they have to make aggressive changes, like pulling all the starters off and just letting the second stringers run, I mean, they'll definitely do something like that. But I, I laugh because I go back to our Sunday show. I think all of us took the Patriots just because of their name and not because of their talent. Right. And that's something now that is in jeopardy and that everybody I think is kind of looking at and going, wow, you know, this isn't the team that we've always known. And this isn't the franchise anymore. That's always in the driver's seat. Yeah. And I think he's been, he's been, dropped, he's been dropped in so many fantasy leagues. It's not even funny. That's yeah. That's kind of sad, but I, th- yep. <laughs> I think you look at the Patriots too, and it's hard to believe that 
coming off a loss, even with Cam Newton playing as poorly as he did against the Broncos, that they would go out and lose to a relatively depleted 49ers team. I mean, you got Jimmy Garoppolo back, but that doesn't necessarily mean that they're at the caliber that they were before in the Super Bowl. So we'll see where Cam Newton lands. But I agree. I think you you kind of prove a point if you're Bill Belichick at this point. Um, now, speaking of second-string quarterbacks and third-string quarterbacks, we've got Andy Dalton. <laughs> Andy Dalton could be out for the Cowboys. He is in concussion protocol. Um, they lost 25-3 to the Washington football team. Wow. Let's touch on a few topics from this because now we're <laughs> now we're looking at a at a third string Ben DiNucci, I believe he was the Yes. Like I don't a late draft pick. They Seventh also, round to be exact. Yeah. <laughs> they also signed Garrett Gilbert from Cleveland, obviously former Alliance of American Football quarterback, backed up Baker yeah. Mayfield um, for a couple years after the Alliance. So what did they – I mean, I don't even know what they can do, but let's for fun, let's talk through their options at this point in the season. If they're still trying to be competitive in the NFC East, which, as we've all said, is possible any given week, but what what can they do, Chip? Um, I mean, really, this is this is kind of like my dream for Dallas. Like, I wanted to see just a cataclysmic <laughs> explosion, and it's happening. And like, I don't know. I, honestly, if I was if I was Jerry Jones right now, and I was sitting there, I would have. I'm slamming and throwing the panic button up against the wall, and it's broken. And I'd be looking <laughs> to trade everybody. Like, and that's why I'd never be an owner. But I mean, they said that they've made Everson Griffin. Uh, who's an older pass rusher who might, you know, go to a team that, that needs a piece or two. But, I mean, really, if you're Dallas and you look at what you've invested and how much cap space you have and what you have in front of you, I mean, you're going to have to pay Dak when he comes back now. I think you just – you have to now because you see the value of an NFL quarterback. But I think everybody else has already known that. But, really, if you're Dallas, I don't think – they've come out and already said publicly they're not going to get a quarterback – I think you try to shed salary and you hope that you don't kill anybody else. Like, I mean, if there's another quarterback back there and he dies, you got to go, you got to get somebody. So um, I, just pray, I guess. I mean, I have CeeDee Lamb in fantasy football and I'm getting ready to release him or trade him. Uh, but I don't think I'm going to take him. So I don't know, El Bushman. What do you? Th I see you're like la we're all laughing because we have a, a fan of the. We're Cowboys. at a loss. Like we have, yeah. we have we have two big Cowboys fans that are part yeah. of mainstream. Like we have Taylor and we have Ruth, who I'm sure they both have been just. I know we all know Taylor. We know how he is. He likes to deflect <laughs> his anger and his frustration onto us because he can't handle his team being so bad and so terrible. <laughs> I don't know, man. I I look at it this way, like. Christmas has come early for all of us in football because the Cowboys are so bad. Like the whole whole NFC least is bad. Like it's so bad. Like even even like Alabama could probably beat them right now in a game. Like that's how bad they probably are. All but, four uh, anyway. games. Alabama. Yeah, that's how bad. Like if you took and, the best players from all four of those teams and made one super team, Alabama could still beat them. <laughs> Probably, and I, I, you know, I was, I was kind of looking at this yesterday. It's like, do should they tank the rest of the way, or do they go out and maybe trade for a veteran? I mean, Ryan Fitzpatrick is, you know, he's got last year in his contract in Miami. 
Jameis Winston is third stringer in New Orleans. I mean, there's some guys out there that you could trade for, but is it worth trading to get a, a veteran to come in and maybe right the ship? Because that's what you thought you were going to have with Andy Dalton by signing him for that, that backup deal. And now he's in concussion protocol for at least a week. So, you know, what, if you're Jerry Jones, what do you tank the rest of the way or just, are you just trying and fight and scratch and claw in this terrible division where you could probably win it with five or six wins? Or maybe do you just say, you know what, screw it. We're going to wait till next year when Dak hopefully comes back after his, his rehabilitation. I don't honestly care what the Cowboys do, but if I was Jerry Jones and we all know Jerry Jones is a competitor, he's not, he's not one to quit. Yeah. He's going to figure out, he's going to, he's going to try and bring in pieces or try and figure it out to try and and win more games because we all know Jerry, he's not going to, he's not going to just give up and and lay over and die. But honestly, I hope the Cowboys do continue to to play this bad and terrible because it gives us all something to laugh at. On Mondays yes. and Tuesdays, we'll talk about oh, football. So Jeez. great. <laughs> it does. It's a little funny. Um, but obviously, <laughs> the way in which they <laughs> turned out this bad is not um, not great. Obviously, we saw Andy Dalton go out with the John Bostic hit to the helmet. Yep. Yep. That was a scary play. Ex- scary play. He's not yep. expected to be suspended. Um, Andy Dalton was sliding. Obviously, if you're going by NFL bylaws, he would be suspended. And then the team is getting a lot of pushback about their lack of reaction because had that been Dak under center taking that kind of hit, would they have gotten in Bostic's face? Would they have you know, yes. started something on the field? Are they willing to go to bat for Dak in a way that they didn't do for Andy Dalton? And what does that say about their locker room? So do you think that this – how do you feel about their reaction or lack thereof? And do you feel like that's indicative of – what's going on with their coaching staff and their locker room and how that team culture is kind of turning out as the season goes along. I think, I mean, I think that Dak was kind of the, the super glue. I mean, Dak was the one that kind of led them back to these first handful of games and they got down and, and kept the offense moving and, and kept everybody together. Now, when you take a leader out of the locker room, this is what you get. You get chaos. You get guys that, are going different directions. Some guys are playing for themselves. You're making stupid penalties, and there's no accountability within the locker room right now with the players. So, And especially when the players are coming out against the coaching staff, that's when you know that shit is just not doing very well. And, I mean, the unfortunate part is that this team is going backwards when they really need to be coming together because there is no leadership. And uh, that's what we're we're seeing, and that's going to suffer. They're going to hurt for that. Yeah, with all the reports about the team kind of doing a mutiny against uh, the coaching staff, saying they're they, they're they're not prepared, they're not they're not you know wanting to to make moves and, and be coaches. It's kind of like it was. This almost seems reminiscent of when Mike McCarthy was in his last couple of years in Green Bay, where like Andy Aaron Rodgers was getting so frustrated with the, the play calling because it was just outdated and just seemed like Mike McCarthy didn't care. He didn't want to coach there. So now it's like okay, you're bringing the same I-don't-care attitude to Dallas now where you were supposed to be the leader for this team, update your playbook. I mean, obviously, you know, Dak is a huge blow to this whole team. So, yeah. But when now you have the team just kind of doing an upheaval, it's it's like, what do you do? You know, you're, you should you fire the coaching staff? Should you start anew? Like, I've never – well, we have seen where first-year coaches have, have been fired within the first couple of games. We've seen that before. I mean, this could maybe happen with Mike McCarthy. You never know. This like Mike McCarthy should be looking over his shoulder every single day once he walks into Jerry World, honestly. I mean, I agree. I think 
Also, too, you can coach wins, but when you lose your locker room, I think that's where problems start to come in. And for him to have lost the locker room, uh, what seems like in the first five weeks of his coaching career in Dallas, it's a little (laughs) concerning, I think. I mean, much less getting your quarterback almost killed, but also just the fact of your players are not supportive of you. I think it's a tough, tough road ahead for Dallas, but Let's jump over to Todd Gurley and the Atlanta Falcons because oh, one ring above Dallas is Atlanta, really. Um, just one, oh. maybe a half ring above. And I I actually really love this, this moment that happened because I was the lone wolf picking the Lions to win this game um, because I knew that if any team was going to just throw it away right at the end, it was going to be the Falcons. So, of course. Well, we'll start with we'll start with Chip because Todd Gurley, for those of you who weren't watching, failed to stop short of the goal line to waste time, run time off the clock. He scored an accidental touchdown, and he feels very bad about it. He said, "So, Chip, how do you feel about about Atlanta just doing what they do this weekend?" They're just playing out just silly, dude, and it kills me. And I want to get to one comment, Sean Goglin. Uh, came in a couple minutes ago and he asked about Chase Edmonds uh, available in fantasy for his fab league. And he's asking if he should use all of his fab money uh, on Evans or excuse me, Edmonds this week. Um, for me personally, if you're really short on running backs. Kenyon Drake, they said is week to week. So I don't know. It could be one week or it could be three weeks. If you're uh, really down in running back, Sean, uh, I would use most of your fab to get him. If you have a losing record, you're not going anywhere. I mean, you could probably do that if you're in the playoff hunt, then I might uh, curtail depending upon your current roster. So what do you guys think? Any advice for Sean? What was the question? I'm sorry. I wanted to get to it. I know he kind of waited. He he pinged us five minutes ago and we got to a good uh, conversation. Uh, He said um, he's in a fantasy league and he has available fab, his fab money for his league, and he wanted to know if he should use it all on Chase Edmonds because Kenyon Drake obviously is injured. They just don't know how long his injury is, and we don't know what just other depend, people he has. Just it just depends on what other running backs he has, honestly. I mean, yeah, these guys. Yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't blow all my money on it, but I would try and make a huge bid for him. I mean, we all saw yeah. what Chase Edmonds can do fantasy wise, and he's he's definitely a hot waiver wire pickup this week. Yeah. Um, okay, so Falcons questions. Thanks, Sean, for the question. Um, Falcons. Yeah, even when we tried to win, we lose. Todd Gurley is a smart player. They talked about this in the huddle. Uh, You've seen him run out the clock before when he was a Ram. Uh, I think he was actually playing Dallas, and he had the wide open end zone, and he actually, like, button hooked and, like, went around, like, ran a circle and then fell down. So this is just something that uh, mental lapse. I mean, honestly, I can't blame. I mean, I want to kill Todd Gurley. Don't get me wrong. I would never do that, but – um, the defense, you can't let the team march down in a minute and score, you know, that just can't happen. So, um, yeah, we're worried about draft picks right now, not W's. Uh, so <laughs> that's what I'm going to say. And that's what I'm going to stick with. It's a good place to be. Yeah. <laughs> you know, as a, as a Todd Gurley owner, hold on, my, my phone's just making me angry right now. Yeah. You seem a little, you, you're a little disheveled. Unsettled. Yeah. Oh my God. Struggling. I think he was Sorry, saying man. that that's so okay. So as, as a Todd Gurley owner, I'm okay with this. I mean, scoring an extra touchdown <laughs> for me is, is fantastic. So when I saw it, when I saw that happen, I was like, okay, well, you just cost your team probably the game. But 
you gave me another touchdown in fantasy. So whatever you can do to help me in fantasy, I'm okay with you being a dummy and not wasting <laughs> out the clock. So, uh, you know, this, I, I would say maybe, sorry, Chip, but I think that play yesterday just kind of summed up Atlanta's season <laughs> as a whole totally uh, by him not falling down and, and wasting the time clock. It's just, it's, it's almost sad and poetic that your team is just this bad. You know what I mean? Yeah, start the rebuild. Give me a new coach. Give me a new GM. Give me a side of fries and a large Coke, dude. Ready to go. Bam. Everyone's tanking this season. You got to love it. So, <laughs> so I want to know your one bold prediction for this trade deadline. We have, I want to say we have a week exactly before the trade deadline in the NFL. So I want you each to give me your one bold prediction on who's going where before the deadline comes. I mean, I I don't know if I can predict boldly who's going to go somewhere, but I think that uh, the Falcons, a lot of talk has obviously been around Julio Jones and, and Matt Ryan. Uh, the organization's come out and said they're not really going to go anywhere. There's cap ramifications. Uh, there's things like that. But, I mean, I would have loved to have seen, um, you know, I, I can think of some teams where Julio Jones would be great. I mean, if you put him – in either the Patriots or if you brought him to another team like a, a Green Bay or something like that, opposite of Devontae Adams. Uh, I know that just thinking about the Falcons players that could have left, I think that would have been really awesome uh, just to see one of those guys. And I would have loved to have seen um, Matt Ryan in a 49ers. I mean, if you move him and then you get Russell Wilson, Jared Gall, and I mean, you really, Kyler Murray, that would have been a sight to have Matt Ryan and 49ers red and gold and have that division and really have the season wind down. That would have been awesome. So I couldn't really predict who's going to move, but that were some of the things, those are some of the things that I was thinking about that would really be awesome to see. I would say anybody from the Falcons, the Dallas Cowboys are on the move, the Jets. I mean, all those bottom yeah. feeder teams that just have nothing else to lose except for draft capital. Um, you know, I'm surprised that, I mean, you know what, Sam? I mean, it's Sam Darnold could be on the move. You could see, you could see a team like Dallas say, "Hey, we want Sam Darnold to come in and 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 make our team better." But you know, I I, I don't I the the one really off the wall trade trade pieces and Chip, you talked about this before with Julio and Matt Ryan being the the dangling pieces that Atlanta could could say, "Hey, you know what? Maybe it's time for us to part ways with these guys, even though you know they've been kind of the faces of the franchise for a long, long time." But you know. Julio's on the other side of 30. He's owed a lot of money. Matt Ryan's getting up there in age two. He probably has a couple of years left too as well. So I, if I was a team, I'd be calling Atlanta and say, hey, man, what can I give you for Julio? Or what can I give you for, for Matt Ryan? So I think those guys are probably maybe on the move. No. Come on. <laughs> it's possible. I mean, I feel like we've seen so many times teams be like, oh, they're not going anywhere. And then two days later, they're going somewhere. So it's definitely possible, um, but we'll see what happens. Let's. I think if I'm Dallas, I'm trading a, a wide receiver. That would be a bold thing. Yeah. Trade either Amari Cooper, trade mm. a um, um, Gallup. Uh, they won't trade CD Lamb. They just drafted him. But you can do trade trade some of those guys. Yeah. See what you can get because teams need wide receivers. Agreed. Uh, I yeah. agree, and I, I think like. An offense of weapons is no use if you don't have a quarterback under center that can really <laughs> throw to them. So I think they're uh, they're struggling in that sense. But let's close out with a little game, rapid fire, human or robot. We have four. 
Rapid fire. Okay, we'll start with you, Chip. DK Metcalf. Oh, God, robot. Freaking <laughs> man-child. Manimal is what I call him. Evan? Robot. If I don't see a uh, Tyreek Hill, DK Metcalf, 40-yard sprint with a, or 100-yard dash, yes. I'll be very disappointed. But I, I say robot. That dude is a freak. All right, Tom Brady. Human. Vampire. <laughs> that I can agree with. That I can agree with. Added right. category. I love it. <laughs> Derek Henry. Oh, God. Robot. Robot. Yeah. Bowling ball. Basher. Yeah. Giant. <laughs> Rob Gronkowski. He is definitely a robot because he's got so much metal in that body. And he's getting kind of stupid, too. Probably. I'll say, I'll say, well, robot because of his dance moves. You seen that guy at spring break, dude? Shake a tail feather. Look out. Oh, goodness. All right. Any any final thoughts before we wrap up today? Oh, God. Um, I hope my, my Wi-Fi gets back up and running. And uh, fingers crossed for tonight with game six. And uh, go Rays. Blake Snell is on the mound. The Dodgers are doing a bullpen day. So odds are in fun. our favor. We had Benny drop in on Facebook, and he said, how about calling the defense the Kraken or the Kraken? The Kraken. I like it. I like the Kraken like for defense. Uh, like raise that. up, dude. Let's freaking bring it home. Falcons are on Thursday night, and I'm never picking them. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in. This has been another episode of Sports Caffeine. Follow us on Twitter at Sports Caffeine 1, on YouTube, Facebook, and FanStreamSports.com at Sports Caffeine. See you next week.